When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there, listeners. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 370 of Sustainable Minimalists, a three-ish times a week show about intentional and eco-friendly minimalist living. On today's show, we are going back to basics. Life is a balancing act, is it not? Let's just go ahead and use a balance beam for my metaphor here. We're each on one. We're each on a balance beam. And if you think about what it would be like to be on a balance beam right now, you already know you're not up there relaxing, chilling all cool with a cocktail. You're not passively balancing. You're working. Muscles big and small, they're constantly contracting and relaxing to keep you, well, balanced. And life, of course, is just like living on that balance beam. Having a balanced life is not effortless. It takes constant work. It takes constant tweaking and retweaking and adjusting and readjusting to stay balanced. Sometimes when something's off, it's immediately clear why. Something big's going on. Maybe a loved one in your family just received a disconcerting health diagnosis. Maybe that definitely made you lose your balance. You fell off the balance beam, perhaps. Or perhaps, you know, you have a toddler at home and they're not sleeping well and you've been up for a week straight and you're just exhausted. The problem is quite clear. But many other times in life, the issue isn't singular. It isn't big. It isn't glaring. Because oftentimes it's a bunch of small things that are just slightly out of whack. And so the good news here is that, again, these many tiny tweaks are all that's needed. So not just one tweak, but many tiny little minute tweaks are needed to regain that essential balance. I would say this is what's going on with me at the moment. Something has felt off for a little while. My anxiety is up. I'm not fully present with my loved ones. I'm not sleeping that well. I feel like a hamster on a wheel most of the time. When something feels off, the smartest, the most prudent course of action is to go back to basics. So that's what we're doing today. Today's content is meant to be reminders, because amidst life's frenetic pace, amidst keeping all the balls juggling seamlessly and effortlessly in the air, it's easy to forget about the importance of the basics. Heck, I forget about them all the darn time. So here's how we're going to do today's show. If you read my book, you know all about the apple tree, but let me just 
parse it out for all of you. Here in New England, apple picking is a great fall activity. And, you know, when you're picking apples and filling your bag, you start with the easiest apples, the ones that are within reach. You're not going to get the ladder and you're not going to go try to get the apple at the top of the tree if there are plenty of apples that need your attention down below. So, We're going to start at the bottom of the apple tree today. I have three basics for us all to take a good hard look at the bottom of the apple tree. And then once we take a look at the bottom, those three basics, and we're going to go on to the middle of the tree, that middle level. Perhaps you need a ladder. Perhaps you just need to hop on somebody's back to get the apples in the middle of the tree. That's the intermediate level. I've got three areas of which to focus our attention in the middle of the tree, the intermediate area. And then finally, we're going to the top of the tree. We're pulling out the ladder, we're climbing the ladder, and we are tackling the highest hanging fruit, the hardest of hard to tackle. So three at the bottom, three in the middle, and three at the top. Now that is an awful lot of explanation. Let's stop explaining and let's get right into it. We are at the bottom of the tree. We are taking a good hard look at the most fundamental of fundamental When something feels off for you, number one question to ask yourself, are you getting enough sleep? There are so many benefits to sleep, right? Your body repairs itself. Your brain repairs itself. Your immune system gets stronger. Learning, memory, stamina, your mood, it's all affected by how much you sleep and how good the sleep you're getting is. Healthy amounts of sleep are also associated with a better mood improved productivity, and even just a general heightened sense of life satisfaction. So back to basic step number one is to ask yourself and answer honestly, do you wake up feeling rested at least most of your mornings? Some of you are probably listening to me right now and you're thinking to yourself, this is way too basic for me. We're going to get to the harder stuff in a little bit, but let's just all make sure our foundation is strong, right? A good night's sleep is the foundation of everything else we're going to talk about today, but it's also the foundation to your days. So check your sleep. And if your sleep isn't as good as it should be or could be, start there. Next up, back to basics number two. Are you feeding your body nourishing foods? This, of course, assumes that nourishing foods are available and accessible to you, but are you feeding your body right? I want you to think of yourself for a moment as a car. Okay, you're a car. I drive a Toyota, so I'm going to use the Toyota example. Are you a Toyota or are you a Lamborghini? If you're not sure, I'm just going to tell you, you are a gosh darn Lamborghini and you are not going to put standard oil in a Lamborghini. You're not going to put the unleaded bottom of the barrel gasoline in your Lamborghini, you know as a Lamborghini that you drive best, you function best when you get the premium fuel. So let's give ourselves premium fuel because eating high quality foods, that would be foods that contain lots of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants, they nourish the brain. They protect the brain from oxidative stress. They affect the structure and function of your brain, and ultimately, food affects your mood. Studies have compared traditional diets, like the Mediterranean diet, a traditional Japanese diet, with the way Westerners tend to eat. 
These studies have found that those traditional diets can reduce the risk of depression by 25 to 35%. Now, why? Why? Well, scientists believe it's because traditional diets tend to be high in vegetables and fruits and unprocessed grains and fish and seafood, and they contain very modest, very little amounts of meat and dairy. They're also, there's something big missing in these traditional diets, and that is the ultra-processed, made-in-a-lab foods. And those processed, refined foods, they are the staple of Western diets. So again, ask yourself, how are you eating? Are you giving yourself, are you feeding the Lamborghini the premium fuel? And if the answer is no, maybe just start paying attention to how different foods make you feel. Just start paying attention. You may just be surprised at how much better you feel, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally when you eat better. And I'm not saying go completely clean. I'm not saying cut out all the sugars, all processed food from your diet. That might be too difficult. But I am saying pay attention to how you feel and see if you feel better. You might, you might not, but I'm willing to bet you will. (laughs) And back to basics number three. Again, so we're still at the bottom of the tree. We're tackling the lowest hanging fruit first. That is, of course, to ask yourself and be honest. Are you moving your body most days? Assuming you are an able-bodied person who can move your body most days, are you? Now, nothing new here, but just a reminder, regular physical activity is one of the most important things you can do for your health. It improves your brain's health. It helps you manage your weight. It helps reduce the risk of disease. It strengthens your bones and muscles. I feel, however, that in the you have to exercise conversation, what often gets left out is the fact that there are ridiculously large mental and emotional benefits to exercising regularly. And as an avid runner who has run most days for the last 25 years, I may indeed argue that the mental and emotional benefits for me actually trump the physical benefits. Regular physical activity, and this is not me saying this anymore, this is research. Regular physical activity can help your thinking, your learning, your judgment. It can help lower your risk of depression. It can lower your risk of anxiety. It can help you sleep better. And so the bottom line here is, you know, you have to brush your teeth, right? Just like you have to brush your teeth, you also have to exercise. It doesn't have to be a HIIT workout. It doesn't matter how many calories you're burning. It doesn't matter how strenuous it is, but you have to find an activity you enjoy, or at the very least, you have to find an activity that you don't completely hate. Get your blood pumping, get those feel-good endorphins, and just as you have to brush your teeth, you also have to move your body. All right, so we are going to move on to the middle of that tree, those intermediate steps. We got the basics out of the way. Now we are going to those intermediate steps. So you've looked at your sleep, you've looked at the foods you're eating, and you looked at your level of exercise, and all is good, perhaps. And now we're moving on to the middle of the tree, the intermediate steps. Again, I have three for you. The first is, are you choosing to see small moments of joy and beauty? In your days. This is my sneaky way of asking you Are you practicing gratitude? 
We've talked about gratitude on the podcast before. I've suggested that you write down three things you're grateful for every day. It'll take you 30 seconds every day. You don't have to overthink it. Just write down three things you're thankful for. I do it every single day. I'll tell you today, three things I wrote down were springtime flowers, my warm sweatshirt, and my neighborhood, my community. That's it. If you write down three things you're thankful for every single day, I promise you will train your mind to not just see, but also truly experience and savor and feel inside what's good in your life. Psychology finds that writing in a gratitude journal improves sleep. Practicing gratitude reduces envy and resentment and frustration and regret. And here's where things get interesting. People who regularly practice gratitude, they feel less pain. They have less stress. They have stronger immune systems. They experience better and healthier relationships. And they do better academically and professionally. Wow. You can have all those benefits by simply taking 30 seconds out of your morning every single day to write three things you're grateful for. Amazing. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to finish up the middle of that apple tree. I've got two more intermediate questions for you to tackle, and then we're moving on to the advanced. I'll see you in a minute after a word from our sponsors. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. And we're back. On today's show, we're going back to basics. When things feel a little out of whack, it pays to address 
the basics. Maybe we just need to do a little tweak here, a little tweak there to regain our footing, regain our balance. Before the break, we discussed question number one to ask yourself in the intermediate level, in the middle of that apple tree. That first question was, are you choosing to see small moments of joy and beauty in your days? Now we're on to another question to ask yourself in the middle of the tree. And that is, of course, are you taking time to meaningfully connect with others? Now, I have to say, this is where I struggle the most. I am an extroverted and social being, and I need quality interactions, deep connections with other humans outside of my home. I need them often. But the problem for me is that people hurt me. People hurt people. And my biggest hurts always come from the people closest to me. And so my impulse, what I've always done is to retreat, right? To go back into my metaphorical house, or actually my literal house, really, (laughs) put up my metaphorical walls and protect myself. But the problem is, again, that I and all of us, we are social beings. We need social interactions to fully thrive. And so many of us tend to think that wellness is something that we just acquire all by ourselves, but that's not reality. Again, we are social beings. Long-term happiness, according to psychology, actually comes from the relationships that we build and cultivate with others. And so I feel like COVID did a lot for, and not in a good way, did a lot of not great things for us social beings, right? We were relegated to our homes. And yes, restrictions have largely lifted. However, a lot of people are still working from home. There's been a massive shift in the way that we, at least here in the United States, work. Many people work from home. And so I feel as though pre-COVID, it may have been easier to get out and see people and interact with people beyond your immediate family. But these days, in 2023, it is indeed harder. It does indeed take more effort. And so ask yourself, and as I ask you, I'm really asking me, are we taking time to connect meaningfully with others? I know for myself personally, when I'm too isolated, it affects, it negatively affects all facets of my being. So are you connecting meaningfully with others? If not, maybe consider calling someone you love right after you finish listening to this show. All right. And question number three for that intermediate level, the middle of the tree, of course, is do you have a work-life balance that feels sustainable? I don't. I do not. I tend to rest only when the work is done and the work's never done, so I never rest. But what I do do is maybe like once every two months or so, I find myself so unbelievably bone-weary, exhausted, that let's say it's a Sunday, I just stay in my pajamas all day on the couch because I've completely burned myself out and I have nothing left to give. I know, it's not a good look. This is a really difficult habit for me to break, the overworking. It's embedded in my personality. You only rest when the work is done. I have no advice in this regard. And if I gave you advice, I would tell you to ignore it because I am so bad with the work-life balance. (laughs) But work should not be the lion's share of your identity, should it? And it shouldn't take up 
the lion's share of your time. Maybe work should take up 50% of your time and mental space. 50%? Half? There's so much more to living than working. And so uh, there are definitely opportunities for introspection here for me, perhaps for you as well. I would also say related to this is the question, this is like an extra bonus question, is your home conducive to getting the adequate rest that you do indeed need? If your home is a cluttered mess, like mine sometimes is, frankly, and the cluttered mess stresses you out, I would argue then that your home is not conducive to rest. And rest, yes, is of course vital to the wellness puzzle. Rest is where you rejuvenate. Rest is where you let your mind wander and dream and imagine. And so if your home is not conducive to you getting the rest you need, know that tackling the home, whatever problem that's there, tackling it is worth tackling. Because you're not just tackling the mess, are you? You're not just tackling the toys on the floor or... Um, the overflowing closet or whatever it is. What you're really doing is you're creating the haven that you need to promote productive rest. Phew. All right. If that's not going to convince me, I don't know what is. (laughs) But we are moving on to the top of the tree. We're grabbing the ladder. We're picking the highest hanging and hardest to attain fruit. These are the three advanced questions to ask yourself. Question number one is something I am really actively working on right now in my own life, and that is, are you regularly scheduling tech-free time? There is plenty of emerging research into the effects of technology use on our mental and emotional well-being, and almost none of it is good. (laughs) In a new study from the University of Pennsylvania, a causal relationship between anxiety and unmoderated social media use was identified. So the more social media you use, the more anxiety you potentially have. Depression has also been found with social media use. I could go on and on with what research says into the way that social media in particular impacts our wellness. But I will say that this is something I'm actively working on right now. I have realized in the past, I don't know, month, two months, I've realized it bone deep, not just in my brain, but like I feel it now. My phone is taking from my life more than it's giving. I tend to check it habitually. I'm looking for something on my phone, maybe a connection with another person. I'm not quite sure. But whatever I'm looking for, I never get it. I always put my phone down. And I always feel let down. So we're doing things differently in my house with regard to technology. Dinner time to bedtime. So dinner time to kids' bedtime, I should say. So 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. is phone-free. My husband and I, we put our phones far away in another room, and we do not check them from dinner time to the time the kids are in bed. And then another thing I'm working on personally is I'm working on shutting my phone off earlier at night. So it used to be it stayed on and next to me until I went to bed. Now I'm shutting it off earlier, maybe like 8.30, 9, and I'm leaving it downstairs when I sleep. So I turn it off. I leave it downstairs. I go upstairs to bed, and that feels right. So far, so good on my end. 
Some psychologists believe that one of the most important reasons we should put down our devices is to increase our ability to tolerate boredom. Boredom is correlated with creativity, which we're going to talk about next, and emotional regulation. And I find this to be really interesting because we collectively have a hard time being bored these days, don't we? The second we're bored, we pick up our phones. We need to get comfortable with being bored again. Remember what Susan Lynn said, Dr. Susan Lynn? I just interviewed her on Tuesday. She said that at first, of course, it is really hard for most of us to step away from tech. But each subsequent day gets easier and easier. And I can personally attest to this. So question number one for the top of the tree, are you regularly scheduling tech-free time? Question number two in the advanced top of the tree arena is, of course, are you flexing your creativity most days? Research finds that creativity fosters resilience, it sparks joy, and it provides opportunities for self-actualization. Holy moly. Now, of course, being creative does not always involve using your hands, but sometimes it does, right? So related to this question is, are you using your hands to literally create? We touched on this in episode number 365. It was my interview with Jill Winger. I believe it was called Old Fashioned on Purpose. The modern malaise that many of us feel may indeed be due to the fact that we have outsourced everything to machines. So are we using our hands to create something? Maybe it's dinner. Maybe it's a flower garden. Maybe it's knitting a sweater. Whatever the thing may be, are you using your hands to create? And now we are on to question number nine. The final question today, we're at the highest point of the apple tree. We are reaching for that final apple. The question for you is, are you living your purpose? most days. Now, of course, this is at the top of the tree because it requires that you know exactly what your purpose is. (laughs) That's why it's an advanced question. We all want our lives to feel like they matter, but it can be tricky to figure out what matters to us. It can be really hard to figure out our purpose. Each person's purpose is different, but knowing yours makes your life more meaningful and more satisfying. So we've talked about purpose before on this show, and I'll link to the episode in the show notes once I find it. But I have some suggestions for you for finding your purpose if you don't know what it is. Number one, write down your values. Number two, write down what drives you, what excites you, and then compare the lists. I'm willing to bet the purpose is somewhere on the piece of paper. I would also suggest you ask yourself, if you have no idea what your purpose is, I have two questions for you. These are the questions that I asked myself before trying to figure out my purpose. I felt like a wandering soul. But when I answered these two questions, the answer became somewhat clear to me. Somewhat clearer, I should say. Question one, what would you do every single day if you made zero dollars doing it? What would you do? And related to that, basically another way of asking that question is, what makes your soul sing? What lights you up? What lights you up? And don't overthink it. The first thing that comes to mind may very likely indeed be your purpose. 
If you're not sure what your purpose is, or if you do know what your purpose is, but you're not living it most days, here is my words of encouragement and motivation for you. Research shows that individuals who have a strong sense of purpose and live that purpose tend to have better mental health, have a better overall sense of well-being, and have higher levels of cognitive functioning compared to those amongst us who lack a sense of purpose. So just to recap, I gave you nine questions to ask yourself. We're back down on the ground. We're working our way up. The questions to ask yourself, are you getting adequate sleep? Are you feeding your body nourishing foods? Are you moving your body most days? Now on to the intermediate questions. Are you choosing to see small moments of joy and beauty? Are you taking time to meaningfully connect with others? Do you have a work-life balance that's sustainable? And then finally, the advanced questions, which we just covered. Are you regularly scheduling tech-free time? Are you flexing your creativity? And finally, are you living your purpose? Phew. I believe, again, that little tweaks here and little tweaks there, so really tiny adjustments can create monumental results. So that's my final word for you today. Quick eco tip for you today. The eco tip comes from me, but it is inspired by a listener question. Listener Allie wrote to me and she wanted to know what to do about toothpaste. She wants to get a brand that she can recycle the tube. She wasn't sure whether some brands were better than others. She's tried the toothpaste tablets, but she didn't particularly like them. Do I have any suggestions for her? The answer is yes. I'm not a fan of the tablets either. And unless you're using TerraCycle, I do question the recyclability of those plastic toothpaste tubes. So in my home, we use David's toothpaste. David, the name, David's. I started using it primarily for the clean ingredients, but I have stayed with the brand over the years because the toothpaste comes in a metal tube on the site, on the website under the frequently asked questions tab, you can learn exactly how to recycle it. But basically you just cut the top off and the bottom off. You open it up and you wash out the metal tube and then you can recycle it with other metals. The product also comes with a metal key to roll the tube up as you use it. Because again, the tube isn't plastic, it's metal. So it's hard. And I love that on their website, if you already have a key to roll up the metal tube, in subsequent orders, you can ask that the company doesn't send you more keys, right? Because if you have one, you have plenty. And so I just think that that's another thoughtful detail. So David's Toothpaste, if you're looking for an option that is actually truly recyclable, check them out. I'll link to them in the show notes as well. But I'll see you tomorrow for headlines. Jakarta is sinking, Jakarta, Indonesia. And yes, they are moving the capital of Indonesia because of the sinking. We're going to talk about that and an awful lot more tomorrow. Reach out if you need me, and I'll see you then.